Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Now, I don't want you to be fooled. You haven't actually joined Georgia and I as we head out for our um, cheerleading class. <laughs> Although we are in matching outfits today. You are, in fact, joining us on our Friday episode of, uh, of Made by Mamas, the podcast. Welcome. Uh, this week, or this Friday, an absolute treat because we've got someone back on the podcast who we've had before. But this time, she's going to be answering your questions. Uh, mother, speaker, writer, podcaster, all-round legend, it's Anna Matha. Thank you so much for coming back on. Do you know what? We referenced the episode that we recorded with you. It must be like a couple of years ago now. Mm. So often, don't we? We talk about burnout so much and we're always like, you know, go back and listen to the podcast we recorded with Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're really excited to have you back and we've had loads of questions. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. We're going to talk to you today, Anna, about... um, about kind of looking after yourself kind of just just tell people who maybe don't necessarily know too much about you like what your whole ethos is what your whole thing is so I'm a psychotherapist and I had kids my second one I went through it was just really rough kind of sleep deprivation silent reflux completely thrown loved the first time loved the first kind of new mum period thought great I've got it down I'm going to just basically copy and paste the second time baby didn't get that it was all over the shop and it was a massive challenge to me of identity complete perfectionist complete control needer um, just always one of these people that looked like I had it together and it completely turned my world upside down and changed my life and I had to find ways suddenly I was having to use all of these tools that I had been using with clients for years and it changed my life, addressing those things, addressing the guilt, the perfectionism, the living life at 100 miles an hour, trying to do everything right, the super mum myth that I'd kind of really bought into. And I think then through my social media, which kind of came about by chance um, when I moved house and I was looking for inspiration on what to do with this kind of new build box. And I just started sharing a bit of my journey on there and kind of weaving it in with my my professional knowledge And that's it really for me. It's just about taking therapy out of the therapy room and sharing those tools and those insights with with other mums so that Mm. either they don't have to go through the depths that I went through or if they are there, 
then maybe I can help them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of it, really. One of the things that we love so much about you following you on social media is your complete raw honesty. Um, even to the point of, I remember seeing a post, um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but maybe sort of six to eight months back of you standing by a window holding your baby. And it was just really poignant. It's a huge thing to say because we've all felt it like that moment where your brain goes, well, what if I threw my baby out the window or what if my baby mm. fell out the window or what was going to happen and then you're mm. like of course you're not going to do that but it's really weird the stuff that comes up I know that's yeah. a bizarre thing to say but it's really stayed with me because there's been so many times where I've ha- you know held my children and thought what if I drop them and their head hit on the floor yeah. like what 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 yeah. goes on Stop what is that it's, it's like weird, intrusive isn't thoughts it? isn't it you, I sometimes yeah. get it if I'm driving and I think Get them all well, the time, oh my god probably. I'm in control of this yeah. car and yeah. if I just close my eyes everyone's Every, everyone's yeah, gonna die guy. basically it's 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 so weird but why does this come up when we become mothers because i don't remember having it before no way <laughs> intrusive thoughts we have them all the time they're basically a safety mechanism so you know do you ever if you if you just think when you're on the tube station you might imagine a train coming by and like you've slipped so it yeah. might just then cause you to step back away from the line so you know some of these thoughts we we have all the time we just often don't give them much thought they're just safety mechanisms whereas when we're tired we've got a new baby and suddenly we feel so much more vulnerable and this baby's vulnerable and we feel like goodness me we've got all this responsibility those thoughts come more often when we're tired and we can't rationalize them in the same way we don't Hmm. they, they can they can take hold a little bit more and they can just feel so much more shocking and I have the absolute privilege of knowing a lot about intrusive thoughts and also knowing that we all get them to different degrees like we get we get funny ones as well like have you ever been in the gift shop and like seen a massive stand of mugs or something and just thought oh my gosh I could just like push that over (laughs) (laughs) or at a wedding my other one is at a wedding when you know when they say does anybody yes and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm playing this whole scenario out in my mind where I just kind of stand up like with my hand in the air like really dramatically and everyone turns and looks at me and of course we never do it but that's an intrusive thought as well it's just our mind playing with possibility and risk and responsibility but we often just don't give it much thought and I've got the yeah the privilege of knowing that I'm not alone so I can talk confidently about these things Mm. without fearing that people are gonna think I'm mad or because I think our ultimate fear when we're sleep deprived and we're having these thoughts of you know a really common one for me was like dropping my baby down the stairs like oh my god accidentally yeah or on purpose mm. even in the night those sleep deprived times where your yeah your instinct is to is maternal but at the same time it's human so you kind of want to get away from the thing that's causing stress it's like a war inside of you yeah and, you know we can have so much guilt and shame around these things and we can question our our whole ability to mother our you know our deservingness to have a baby to to be loved for good things for rest for all of these things can be rooted in the the guilt and the shame and the shock that comes with these thoughts that are actually really really common so Mm. that's why I like talking about these things because Mm. when we when we know we're not alone and we understand them then we we're freed up. Yeah, to be a bit it's so true. Same with the mum guilt. Same with the yeah. mum guilt, George. Mm. Which is what, what me and you always talk to, to to each other about it, don't we? Over WhatsApp, like I just feel completely pulled in every direction. I feel guilty when I'm snapping at them, and then I feel guilty when I'm with them because I'm not working, and then I feel guilty when I have a moment away to get my nails done, or they haven't done that recently. Um, you know, it's just like it's just this constant battle 
of like guilt, not guilt, guilt, not guilt. Am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? I mean, it's full on. It's a head fuck. It is. We have to coach ourselves through these things and have a bit of compassion for ourselves. And I think just really keep addressing where are we set in the bar? Yeah. And the good enough mother is like the most affirming the the Winnicott, I don't know if you've ever heard this study, like he basically studied so many mums and what's the perfect mother and he he concluded that actually it's not about being perfect. Children and babies do not need perfect parents because we don't live in a perfect world. So if we're trying to be perfect, we're not setting them up for healthy disappointment or right. you know, the knowledge of getting it wrong and apologizing and all of those things that we have to navigate in our life because it the world is not perfect therefore if we can be imperfect in a healthy and yeah in a rounded way then actually that's much better for our kids than than yeah than than seeing everything yeah because I think as well like I've spoken to friends about it where we've always sort of always been striving for more striving for more striving for more and we've kind of been I guess taught to behave like that you know you want to do better you want to do better you want to be the best you want to you want to keep going and going and then when you become a mum you realize actually you can't do that that's not sustainable and I think that can be a really difficult shift to Mm. kind of like think right okay what 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 can I do then because I've always had in my head that I need to do everything and I need to do more and I need to be perfect and this and this and this and then suddenly you're like right okay I need to switch my brain and now I need to just be happy to just be Mm -hmm. and I think that's I find that really difficult yeah because it's completely countercultural, isn't it Mm. you're going against everything that we're being encouraged to do and encouraged to reach for and I think often when we don't feel good enough our response is to try and do more to do better to do faster when Mm. actually the reality is is that we need to run in the complete opposite direction of doing better doing more doing it faster and slowing it down dropping the standards yeah and doing less yeah yeah and if we can't if we can't achieve that whole perfection thing because I don't know about you guys but I'm constantly seeing things and I try not to be affected because I understand Instagram and I know the way that it works but even down to things being in order and sorted at home things aren't on some sort of kind of you know organization I can see where things are it's like a dumping ground I feel like my house has been burgled every single Mm. day and the stress levels to like try and find you know coats and have you got some gloves and where's my water bottle where's it and I'm like I don't know anymore I don't I don't even have a rack to hang my coats on it's a shit tip we've just moved you know it's like it's just beautiful carnage but all of that sort of stuff can really tip you over in terms of feeling like you're not good enough and feeling like you haven't got your shit together um so yeah I think I, I definitely, I don't, I know that me and George both battle that quite a lot because, yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what? I, before we came on this podcast, I actually thought about moving that Hoover, right? Just there. I did. I was like, oh my God, I can see the Hoover in the background. Oh my God, I need to move it. And then I thought, no, actually, no, I don't. Fuck it. Leave it. But actually, just if I turn the camera like left ways, if anyone's list, like li- listening, if you look on our social media, it looks like there's nothing in the background. But actually, to the sides of this, there are just mountains of clothes that I've pushed to the side. Mm. And that's how I feel like I live my life. Do you know what the funny thing was? I was uh, carrying my raging toddler yesterday and the boys were having a fight in the background and I caught sight of myself in the mirror. And I looked at myself holding this little girl and I thought, oh my gosh, this was my dream. Like, here I am holding this little girl and my boy's in the background. And if you just look at this picture, you can't see that she's, like, trying to scratch my face and that the boys are trying to tear each other's hair out. 
And I just thought in that scene, like what I could see in the mirror was everything I'd dreamt of years ago. And I think sometimes it's just that, it's just that kind of that tipping the balance back into some kind of equilibrium where you're like, oh my gosh, life is a mess and it's chaotic. And I feel like I'm forever trying to keep on top of it. But actually, on the other hand, this is also this is also the dream. It's just that when we mm-hmm. dream about motherhood and we dream about having a family and we dream about, you know, kind of building our home together, we're not we're not taking into account all of the tantrums and the noise and the overwhelm and the mess that sits outside of that image. Yeah. And, I, and I think often when we go on social media and we are just seeing those still images, it's just, yeah, it just feeds that that kind of fantasy, doesn't it? That dream of that's how it can look when actually we just our minds just crop out all the chaos. Yeah, yeah. we just crop out <laughs> the chaos. It's such a good description. Lives, yeah. Is that yeah. exactly what we do? Just move into the slide. Just pile it up in a corner. George, should we get into this Q&A? Because we've got so many questions to get through. Do you want to kick us off? We're going to talk Let's about um, looking it. after... Looking after us, looking after you. So this is actually, this could be written by me. How not to feel overwhelmed by the to-do list. Yeah, I think make sure you're in there, high up. Um, I think often we put ourselves at the end because it feels efficient. Like I'll get all of this done, then I'll actually be able to enjoy my 10 minutes of this or my bath or my yoga or whatever it is, and we put ourselves at the end. Whereas we're just conning ourselves and we're being conned really that, putting ourselves at the end is efficient because it's actually not we work so much better from a place of being filled up or topped up so this morning I started on my emails and I started writing some notes for a session I'm doing later and I thought I've got my workout wear on because I want to do a workout at some point because I know it's going to be good for me so I had this little chat with myself which I often do and I was like right Anna no one's going to make you do that workout. No one's going to make you do it. It's only 10 minutes of yoga and 10 minutes on a bike. It wasn't a big deal. But that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have had this little conversation with myself, mm. reminding myself that I'm going to be more productive and efficient today if I've done that first. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I think often it's just about we do not belong at the bottom of a to-do list. We are not an item. We are not a thing to be ticked off. We are living, breathing, needing, feeling beings we're more important than emptying a bin or tidying a drawer. And I think the more that we start kind of putting ourselves back at the top and respecting that we need fuel to do, just like the car, we respect that, Mm. right? If you're going on a journey, we respect that we need to fuel the car before we go. Yeah. But somehow with us, we've just turned ourselves into items on a list and no wonder we lose respect for ourselves no wonder we lose care or compassion for ourselves when we are reducing Mm. ourselves and our needs to a a tick box we're Mm. humans we we deserve so much more than that and it it's kind of chicken and egg really like you almost have to force yourself to the top in order to start realizing how well that works Mm. yeah and how beneficial and efficient it is Yeah, I love that. And I think it's amazing, like you said, that we don't prioritize that because we don't. We never do. None of us do. You know, it takes us to get to a point that we're not we're not enough, that we don't deserve it and that and that we come below everything else. Yeah. And this is this is a great question starting because I bet you that so many questions are going to be around guilt and they're going to be around kind of not feeling deserving of rest when actually, you know, when we're treating ourselves like an item on a tick list. And we're giving ourselves the message that the bins are more important than we are. 
that a batch cook is more important than feeding ourselves or whatever it is. We're giving ourselves that message repeatedly. No wonder we don't feel deserving of rest and love and support. And mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Get ourselves to the top of the to-do list. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my husband offers me time to do something for myself, but I don't know what I need anymore. Help. Okay. So imagine you're going into a changing rooms and you're trying on loads of different coats and you're just seeing which one fits. And you try one on and you're like, oh, this just fit so I encourage people to do this with feelings literally name them a bit like you do with the kids when you're like oh my gosh what's the matter and you're you know you're listing things off are you hungry angry lonely tired you need a cuddle a nap what do you need and it's I think we've we chronically under ask ourselves how we feel and what we need so much so that we don't even know the language of our needs anymore and our feelings so starting literally to list them and see which one suddenly fits like that coat because I might, I remember I did this the other morning and I was just listening feelings to myself in the car on the school run. And I said lonely and I was, you know, it just kind of felt oh, like my yeah. chest had been punched. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I haven't had a proper chat or I haven't been open with a friend for a while. I ended up splurging it all out on the in the playground just after drop off with a mate and she did as well. And it just really hit that spot. Mm. in a good way but I had Mm. to ask myself and I was surprised that that's what it was yeah so I think listing feelings to yourself it sounds kind of juvenile but actually it's really important because sometimes we do have to relearn what is it that we need so then when someone says how can I help you what do you need you you've got a more of an answer or at Mm. least a way to get one Mm. Mm. yeah like you know what you need it, it, you're yeah that it, that makes so much sense it's like when I'm asking Gigi who's two what do you want a lot of the time she doesn't know what she wants and she's just crying why probably do exactly the same just in a different way yeah yeah and we we often just feel the feelings before we can even consciously put a word to it and then we like to overanalyze it and get to the bottom of it and understand it when actually sometimes it's just simply acknowledging how we feel and mm. what we need Mm. we do that on the podcast this is like our therapy session each week how do you feel George what do you need it does help and there's you know I think often we underestimate the value of just talking it out we're like well what's yeah. the point when someone can't necessarily help me or fix it or take that thing away or make that better but actually when we're speaking it out when we're naming things we're valuing them yeah and that's really important mm. Mm. yeah I love that um Feel guilty when not with the baby. Do you ever feel worthy of doing anything for you again? Here we go. Here's the guilt thing. (laughs) Here's the guilt thing. It creeps in everywhere. I remember when I was utterly on the floor, emotionally, metaphorically, physically, after my second baby, and I was still trying to, you know, do the super mum thing. And I think my husband was just squirming, watching me, feeling helpless. And he drove me to David Lloyd that one day. I remember it. I remember exactly it was Christmas. It was dark. And I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to get a membership somewhere like this and spend that on myself. And I think he was literally like, Anna, for the love of God, you need to do something for yourself that is not about Mm -hmm. the kids. And I remember the first time that I put um, Charlie, my my little one, into the crash there where he was completely poured over by all of these lovely ladies. <laughs> and I sat in the pool and I just I just wanted to get out. I just felt so guilty. And it was it was like a physical 
I just felt awful. I was like, how can I be doing this? Why, why on earth? I, I don't, I don't deserve this. It was just so uncomfortable. I shouldn't be doing this. But then I forced myself to carry on. And honestly, the more I invest in those moments that I, and those opportunities that arrive, arise, the more I see my family benefit from that. Yes. Yes. And I, I think I just, you know, even saying to my husband, right, I need to go out for a walk, which I never would have done. I never would have said that. I never would have asked him whether that was okay. I mean, what are we even doing asking if it's all no, right permission. to step out the house it, for a minute? Yeah. But this is often that? where we have to come from. Yeah, well, this is where we often have to come from is I need to start almost just get respecting that need in myself to get out. And, and now I see how my family benefit when I'm not resentful, burnt out, irritable, exhausted. I'm doing it for them. That's that's what I tell myself. I I literally am doing it for them because my parenting depends on me doing these things. I'm a better parent. I think the answer is you absolutely do feel worthy of it. And I think yes. second time round for me, I first time round absolutely not. For the first couple of years, no, I felt guilty all the time. Second time round with Kit, I remember leaving him with my mum and my sister and our next door neighbour, Ali, who adores him at 10 weeks. And I went to Mykonos for three nights um, with 15 mates pre-COVID and had the best Mm -hmm. time of my life and didn't feel guilty, actually. I felt like I really needed it and deserved it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, you do. But like Anna said, I think you need to carve, you need to make sure that you're carving in those moments. And when you go, and when you leave, know that that your baby is absolutely fine, is really loved. It's benefiting from you not being there for a few moments. That's It it makes them more independent. It makes them you know, able to cope without you. So it's only a good thing. Yeah, it's an act absolutely. of love. It's definitely an act it of is. love because think about the next tantrum or meltdown that your child has. If if you've got more in the tank, you're going to yeah. respond in a way that you're proud of. Whereas when I'm depleted and the kids are kicking off, I do not necessarily respond in a way that I am proud <laughs> no of, way. in a way that is good for them, that was good for me. It just fuels yeah. the guilt. So it's, yeah, it enables you to deal with the curveballs better. So it is an act of love. And I honestly don't feel guilty a lot of the time anymore that's yeah that's like that um how to try and manage general anxiety since having a baby who's now two tips tips for managing general anxiety so anxiety is a state of being alive anxiety in it in and of itself is not it's not a bad thing it's just when it's overactive so Imagine a car parked on the side of the road. Ideally, the car alarm would only go off if if the safety of the car was jeopardized. So if someone was trying to break in, car alarm would go off. But generalized anxiety is basically like that car alarm being so super sensitive that it's firing off when someone walks past or there's a breeze. And it's basically about trying to address that fear trying to address that anxiety trying to address your nervous system so it's not as sensitive all the time and some really helpful tools for this is breathing so any breathing you might have ever learned in any yoga or swimming or hypnobirthing the kind of the the full inhalation and then the breathing out's a bit longer than the breathing in that's basically saying to your nervous system, you're safe, it's okay. Because you know when we feel anxious and our breathing speeds up and our bodies are full of kind of adrenaline and we're ready to go and fight. And when that is being triggered, things that are not actually a threat to us in that moment, breathing exercises are really helpful because it just calms our body down. Now, the other thing that is really good is when we go into that state of rumination, so we get an anxious thought, 
we can't control the thoughts that we get, but we can learn to control what we do with them. So say your baby's got a temperature, you're suddenly kind of thrown into the state of anxiety. Your mind is imagining all of the scenarios. Is it meningitis? Is it this? Is it that? And you're think you're wanting to check all the time and your your mind is creating stories that have not yet and may never happen. Because let's face it, a lot of the things we feel anxious about don't happen, haven't happened. And counting back from 103s is so useful because you cannot imagine, you cannot create a film out of an imagined scenario whilst counting back from 103s. So I don't even know I can do that. No, well, it's, this is the hard, like, I can't very well. It's hard. So Count you know, back from 100 in three. So when you count. notice your mind spiralling, you know, I find it really hard, which is why it's so effective, because I'm like 100, 97, 94, 91. 91. Yeah, so you literally oh, count, backwards, count backwards. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm definitely going to do it that. Holds that, that it holds me. it, yeah. It halts the rumination. It halts the overthinking. And that's, you know, a really useful one. But if you're if you're literally feeling overwhelmed by anxiety a lot of the time, then definitely get some support. Because the reason I always say I flipping love anxiety and I love anxiety, I mean, I love working with anxiety because there is so much that can be done that can transform people's lives quite easily. Mm. So journaling's good isn't it journaling I like doing I think that's quite powerful kind of you know it's Mm. just taking it and putting it down taking it and putting it down and if I ever feel overwhelmed with stuff I just write 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 and it seems to help me yeah it's externalizing some of those thoughts and then we Mm. process them differently so it's really it's really useful love that one Christmas overload dread I just want to have fun with the kids and not be the organizer I think this happens so much. Like, I even found that with half term. Like, I just want to have fun. I don't want to have to organise all the fun and then it's not fun anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you not think as soon as September comes and people start mentioning, oh, it's this many days to Christmas? I'm like, oh, my oh gosh, my gosh. shoulders are tensing. Do you get stressed? Oh, yeah. I think oh. there's just such a uh, hype and there's so much expectation. And I don't know why, but it always ends up, I mean, I don't think my husband's ever bought a Christmas card. It's like always up to, you know, it always yeah. lands, or, lands on me. Yeah. <laughs> it always does. Um, so, yeah, I definitely do feel stressed. I, I, enjoy the, um, I enjoy the going out and getting the Christmas tree and I love yeah. decorating it with the kids. And I really, because I don't do anything for Halloween. In fact, like we were saying this, I felt like a terrible yeah. mother because there was all these parents that are dressed their kids up and gone out trick-or-treating and at like 5 30 I was like we're not going now <laughs> I was like you two you, you you've all got colds you need to go to bed it's a school night we're going and they were like this is the worst and I was like I'm sorry and then I was asleep by about 10 minutes past seven because I was that knackered from the week mm. I just thought no no half time's done now we're not doing any more fun um but at Christmas I do enjoy it and then we always go away um and just and just go and see mum try so it's a different experience for me but I haven't hosted Christmas as a grown-up yet yeah, I imagine that's, that's yeah. really that is overwhelming stressful. yeah, yeah. No. so I don't how think I'll on that. earth do we reduce some of this stress now two things I think whenever we feel like we should be doing something I always want to question it so I remember when I just had no, I was like eight months pregnant with Florence, my third. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, Christmas cards. I can't, I just can't, but I should. And I suddenly thought, what would it be like just to not do Christmas cards at all? So I decided that I wasn't going to. And it was really awkward because they kept coming through the post (laughs) and I felt, I was like, oh no, I was having to sit on my hands not to kind of find an old card in a box and send it back to uncle, what's his name? And but I just decided that that was one thing that could go. 
Yeah. So I haven't done it two years now and I'm not going to do it again this year. And we do a, we donate the money to shelter because, you know, Christmas cars are expensive. So there's some, I can donate that money and put it to a different, a different cause than the, you know, dear so-and-so, happy Christmas, love the Marthas, kiss, kiss. And it's, yeah. What yeah, do you I, think I, about I, cards? I, so I've got a really great idea for everybody listening because yeah. I'm the same as you. I never do Christmas cards, but here's what we do. We take a ridiculous photograph of the five of us and we WhatsApp yeah. it to everybody and say, happy that's Christmas, love the idea. DJs. Um, oh. we, we, and uh, George, you, George didn't get one last year because it was our first year and I was just trying it out with the immediate family. The immediate family loved it. So, so this year, expect it because it just doesn't scale. take that long. I'm just not going to spend my time sitting down like, idea. like that. I'm do you not. know what I do? I end up, I buy the cards, I write them all, I write the um, the addresses and I don't buy stamps. So I've you could just send the ones from last oh year. You could just send the them up this year. And then, and then they don't actually come. No one actually gets them. <laughs> uh, Georgia. So I should definitely just not bother. I will I will send one to my mum and like a couple of close relatives, but that will be it. So sorry, yeah. guys. No, I just think that's good. I think there are so many things that all add up. And as the years go by, we just have more responsibilities and our lives are faster and fuller. So... I think my one of my tips would be question the shoulds. Yeah, sometimes we should be doing things. We should have see so and so, even though it's hard. Maybe just we limit how much we see certain people. But so some of the shoulds, yes, we probably should. But actually, how many of the shoulds? Where can we just kind of decide to opt out of that? So we, mm. I think the first time we hosted, I got everything pretty much ready made, and it felt yeah. so rebellious. I well felt so done. rebellious. But, you know, we're doing, we're hosting this year and I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. Because I'm I'm happier. You just have to ride the wave of guilt and then overcome it and realise that actually everyone is benefiting from that bit of less stress. Or Yeah, and everyone will have a better time. That's what I think. Like I find when you host Christmas, I, I haven't actually done it since I've had the kids, but I used to do it and we used to have 17 every year for Christmas. I, well, I know. You hosted it. Yeah, me and James used to host every year, um, and but not since we've had Axel and Gigi. And the stress of the whole thing, that was before we had kids, we, you know, we were just working. And it, it was such such a lot that I never enjoyed it. I used to, like, yeah. my, my family used to leave and I used to think, I've spent three days with my head in the oven. I don't know how that's fun. That's not fun. And I love cooking, but I agree with you. If no. I host Christmas again, I will just go to cook and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll just do that because then at least I'll be actually, the whole point of Christmas is spending time with people, right? And if you're not spending time with people, then well, what's the point? Also, can I just say, and this might be a bit controversial, but I feel like Christmas is a responsibility of grown-ups who don't have small children. I'm just going to throw it out there. Anyone that comes to you as a person that's got three small children or two small children and wants us to host and be like the step it, no that's not fair we've got to do all the other like no go, more, or everyone brings stuff and you just, just literally dish out jobs like, there you go. like you're doing the veg yes. you're doing the and I think it's yeah. it's also letting go of that I should be hosting in this way or I should be this is what people are expecting of me so what mm. like, what what huge amount of pressure we we often put on ourselves and sometimes we just have to buck traditions I think often we feel like we don't want to let go of tradition when actually sometimes tradition belongs in the past because it's no yeah. longer serving us. It doesn't fit in our lives now. It doesn't fit with a 
with mm. our resources. Do we have to and also, go? I sometimes think the whole, you know, with presents. I'm, a couple of years ago, me and my best mate, we always used to buy each other presents, and then we had started having kids, and then we'd be buying the kids presents, and then one, I can't remember who it was. We just went, we're not going to do it this year, and we were both so relieved. Yeah, we were both dreading buying presents for each other and each other's kids, and we, and then we suddenly, mm. as soon as we said no, let's not do it anymore, we were both so happy. So there's other people who will feel exactly the same. Like in my yeah. family, there's a lot of us, we all buy each other presents. But this year we were like, no, we'll just do Secret Santa where everyone buy, buy one present. Yeah, what a great and idea. Everyone goes, ah, yeah, that's such a good idea. Plus with Secret Santa, you're definitely going to get like a cheap dildo from like Poundland and that's really fun. <laughs> Right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, and then that's the whole point of Christmas. It's fun. No one feels mm. stressed. Mm. It's, mm. Everyone has a good everyone time. Everyone has a better time. Yeah. Break the traditions. We'll be right back after this short break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Now, listen, someone's written here, please, Zoe and Georgia, can we talk about mum rage with Anamatha? It's so unspoken about in motherhood. Yeah, it really is. about rage. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm just going to hold my hands up. I'm the, I can be the ragiest person in the world. Now, I think it's, I, I, I think since I've gone through or started to go through early menopause, my rage has got worse. And actually the HRT that I'm on is horrible for it. And some, some days of the month I'm hell. I just, I just feel so overwhelmed with it. And then I burst into tears because I just, it's not something that I've experienced before in life. Anger like this, I'm really quite chilled normally. But I also think that sometimes I've also never been pushed to these limits before or had to cope with this amount of juggling and this amount of stuff. So I think that sort of sets me off in my rage but I do feel quite ashamed and sometimes I've now have to take myself away and put myself in another room for a few moments and calm down I mean like in my worst I, I have admitted this before but I like chucked a plate in an argument with Dozer and it smashed in the sink and that's like yeah. that's really awful that's it a must horrible have felt only- good for that second but then you're like crap I've got, oh, to clear shame. I've got to clear it up now. Yeah, and also, know, what does that say about me? I, oh, I didn't like it. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? And I think two things. Number one is the expectations we place on ourselves as mums, as being, as soon as we become a mum, we're meant to be this maternal, loving, kind, gentle, chilled, patient person, when actually 
we have the whole spectrum of emotions, just like before we had kids, but now there are more stresses and kind of needs placed on us to meet. So anything we felt before is probably going to be exacerbated. So I think to come to terms with the fact that we can be rageful and angry and jealous and, you know, resentful and all of those feelings are just part of being human. So just to accept them as much as we, as a part of us, as we accept the love and the gentleness and the nurturing part. So I think not judging ourselves for feeling those feelings, but also then, you know, I don't want to be angry all the time. So what do I do when I feel that? Mm. And I remember this moment, I don't know this is the beginning, I think it was when I just had a third child and everyone was crying at the same time. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, statistically, is this even possible that they are all crying at the same time? Oh. And I went into the utility room. I mean, I, I haven't always removed myself, so I'm quite proud of that point. And I, I roared, screamed so loudly that we then went out for a walk. A neighbor asked me if I was all right because I had no voice. And I was like, oh, oh I'm okay. I've just screamed so loud that I've lost my voice. And another time in lockdown when everything just got too much and I messaged my husband who was upstairs on a call working. And I said, you need to come down because I am like about to lose the plot. Anyway, he didn't see the message. So like I lasted another 15 minutes and I basically, in the middle of the kitchen, one kid was already crying, one was whining, the other one started crying when I did this. I screamed so loudly that he ran downstairs with his laptop and was like, oh, my, uh, sorry, I've got to go. And I was so ashamed, but I think it's often this rage that we feel. I always say it's a mixture of unmet, unmet needs and unvalidated feelings. So. When you feel that rage, what isn't being met? What do you need? What are you? What feelings haven't you voiced? Because these things build up, mm. and I think often we just overlook them so chronically that they're they're an energy. Feelings are an energy. Needs are an energy. I actually feel quite emotional. Like I feel like yeah, because it's a lot. Like it's a lot, yeah. and yeah. we just push to the limits on like what we're mm. supposed to do. It's like. You know, how are we supposed to fit it all in? How are we supposed to actually be able to go through everything and then feel okay at the end of it? And I, I just don't have the answer to that. Like what you've just said, Anna, I feel like I have been through so many times. I know that Georgia, you have as well. And, yeah. you know, then there are these little faces looking up at you and it's really shameful because you're not really, are we allowed to show that we're losing our shit in front of them or do we ha are we supposed to feel completely like our blocks are all stacked up and all in order? Because I, I definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I, I'm not like a shouty person. So when I do shout or scream, my kids just don't know what to do. And Axel fully said to me the other day, he went, you really scared me when you shouted. Mm. And obviously uh, that made me feel absolutely terrible. But then I went to bed that night and I read it. There was a, a post going around. I don't know where it came from on Instagram. And it basically listed all the things that were expected. It was like even like down to walk 10,000 steps, sleep eight hours a night, um, you know, drink enough water, do this, do this. Do and then it, it basically listed everything like to just be a basic round, all-rounded human that you would have to do. And I thought... No wonder I oh. got to that. I'm trying to walk 10,000 steps. I'm trying to drink enough water. I'm trying to feed everyone in the house. I'm trying to keep a tidy so house. True. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to get to bed mm. on time. Mm. What on earth? Like, what yeah. is this? It's never going to work. It's never, it's never going to work. 
It's never, we can't, we literally can't. And I think one of the biggest gifts that we can ever give ourselves is to amend our expectations of how much we're able to do and how well we're able to do it. Mm. Like if the if the bar is set perfectionism, we are going to be forever feeling shameful, guilty, rubbish, not good enough, like we're failing everyone because it it's out of reach. Yeah. Where has it come from though? Because I always think like my mum, for instance, she doesn't feel like that. Mm. Like she doesn't. She doesn't feel like she has to walk 10,000 steps a day. She doesn't feel like she needs to eat five portions of, of fruit and vegetables. She doesn't feel like she needs to have a career. She doesn't feel like any of that. I was going to say you it's know? completely different. It's a completely different world mm. that we're living in yeah. now. Your mum chose not to have a career. Well, because because as women, we've come even further from where they've they got to we've gone again and so our wants and our needs forget about being mothers our wants and our needs as women women already much further down the line than where they were and our ability to be able to do things let's not forget even in our parents generations they were still kind of expected to kind of be at home and be a good housewife and all the rest of it now it's like you know what you're supposed to have an incredible career be a fantastic mother still get into reverse cowgirl before fucking 8 a.m yeah that's what i mean Exercise, be a good friend, be, be sexy, a good listener. Be, yeah. I mean, I actually said to my husband this morning, I was like, I just feel pulled. I just feel pulled. Like, mm. literally, like, everyone is just pulling in me in different directions. Mm. Like, and he, I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he really understands. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> doesn't. What, what do you mean you feel mean. pulled? I'm like, I literally feel like you're pulling me to be one person. Gigi's pulling me over there because she just wants to hang off my arm. Axel yeah. wants to freaking talk to me about football. I've got no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, I can't be all these people. And sometimes you just want to stand in the middle and like scream and just go, stop. stop. Yeah. And I think something about when you get ragey, you know, in my life, when I get really ragey, everyone just kind of runs away. <laughs> no <laughs> yes. one wants no one wants to be around you. And I think there's probably something quite deep in that, that actually it's just a way to shout everyone away. And I think if we look on rage as being often the root of rage is fear. And I think, right. you know, just asking ourselves, like, what are we fearing? Feeling out of control? Are we fearing not being good enough? Are we fearing n- not being lovable in our kind of basic stripped back state what are we fearing what what isn't being met what isn't being heard because often it's just the fact that we're overlooking our own humanness we're overlooking our own basic needs as humans we just want to be loved and understood Mm. Mm. and maybe it's that fear maybe it's the fear that we are not in our stripped back form that if people really see us for who we are and how we really feel we we're unlovable Or that if we really open up and express the needs and the feelings that we'll be misunderstood. So it's how can we start to recognise where is that rage coming from? What are we fearing? What do we need? What feelings have been overlooked and not been validated? And that's where we need to be going. Yeah. yeah, I love that, Anna. And also, if you can go somewhere, I find this really helps me. Two things. First one is turn your back if your children are being arseholes and under your breath go, fuck you (laughs) just quietly so that you know you've said it and then you go yes darling can I help you (laughs) and then you can give them what they want the yogurt or the drink and the second one is go outside where you know that no one can hear you have a proper like ugly snotty shout and a cry and a sob and then come back and go yes darling no mummy's fine here's a yogurt (laughs) and then you get that both of those things really help me it's about respecting both sides of yourself that shadow side that actually you're saying like this is what I need to do this is what I feel and I'm going to say that in a non 
damaging way that I'm not going to feel so guilty about later. Yeah. Because we all have this, we, we just have different sides of us and that's normal. But so often what we do is we, we it comes out and then we're just so filled with guilt and shame and self-criticism and feeling a failure that that's what gets the attention. Not the what was behind it, what part of us feeling vulnerable and just wants to cuddle and just is thirsty and just wants someone to mother them for a minute yeah oh yeah um should we do one more yes i was gonna say there's been so many questions but i think what we've spoken about a lot of it like you say is guilt and sort of feeling pulled um but this is this is from joe any tips for giving yourself mental space Mm, yeah Definitely. This is something I think so many of us need, even when the diary doesn't look overwhelming, we get to the end of the day and you just feel utterly spent. And I think so much of the energy we expend is what's in our on what's in our mind, all the things that we're juggling, the things that we're having to remember. Um, so a couple of things, things that have been transformational for me, although I need to get back onto it. One is stopping going on social media at certain times of the day so I would not go on it I say I would not I'm I need to get this back into the habit because it's so amazingly beneficial wouldn't go on social media or or emails between 9 p.m and 9 a.m so those kind of the wind down part of the day and then the crazy busy part of the day in the morning and just not not imbibing that much information because we we are privy to so much we we have we can't have no comprehension of the amount of stuff we intake every day our minds Mm. are having to process if you know back you know not even a generation or two ago they didn't have to consume the amount of information that we that we do and we are there is so much more around us that when we go into our phones often we're going to escape aren't we but actually we're going to the busiest place in the whole world and our minds are taking it in, even if we're just mindlessly scrolling, are we still processing images? We're still processing words. We're adding to the noise. So I think really exploring how much you're going on social media, how much you're using your phone, when are you doing it, is is a good way to kind of free yeah, up a little like bit that. of, of yeah, space. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's, it's interesting what you say about social media because for me, like, yeah, it is social media, but then also it's just even being able to do something instantly. So, you know, like if I open the cupboard and I see we're out of bin bags, right? I'm suddenly straight on Amazon ordering bin bags, but then that's 10 minutes that I didn't need to do right then. Whereas before, you'd have just written it down, like bin bags. And then they left it until it was time to do that thing. But I feel like, right, we do we do tasks all yeah. the time. Like yeah. our tasks aren't just we're not it's focusing stressful. on one thing. Yeah. Every time your gear change, every time your mind is gear changing, like you know when you're going upstairs and you think, I just need to go and get my toothbrush. And then you move this, you turn that off, you tidy that, and you've done ten things on the way there. And well, my husband doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, he's less burnt out and overwhelmed and exhausted than me. And I think often what we tell ourselves is all about efficiency is actually what is slowly, they're micro stressors. So in in and of the moment, you're thinking, oh, I'll just do that now, I'll just do that now. Your gear changing, your mind, your focus is moving. If you think in the car, if I've got an automatic now, so this doesn't really work. But if you're constantly moving the gear, you're using your muscle. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I just think we're not aware of how much this constant flicking of attention is exhausting us. 
So how can you batch things? How can you, instead of going on the phone that moment, you just write it down so that you go and do all of those bits in one go? And yeah. emails, you know, I'm just going to send this quick work email. Actually, it's so, I, went, I need to bring this back in as well. So I went through a, a period of not having my email on my phone and it felt like the biggest thing to do to take that off wow but yeah then I'd go online and I would just you know I'd I'd go on at lunchtime with the kids watching tv and I would just do it all then and it would take me like you know way less time than it would if I kept switching into work zone switching back into kids yeah. zone. yeah and then you resent one for interrupting the other yeah don't you? but then you, you know, can't the kids don't win because you're in, people want you to have like not naming who it is but one of the people that I work with <laughs> Um, they want me to have my emails on my phone and so then when it's just on my laptop I'm not signing in enough and then I'm missing stuff and then it's like you can't really win that battle because that's quite that's quite hard so then maybe it's it's my responsibility maybe it's my responsibility to say actually do you know what that doesn't work for me mentally so I'll be checking in twice a day and hopefully that's enough yeah maybe just having a certain time that you try and generally stick to and then saying if there's anything ultra urgent drop me a message yeah drop me a whatsapp yeah that's yeah it's such a good idea I think it is it's like about sort of blocking time isn't it like this Mm. is the time I am mum this this time this is the time for me this is the time when I'm working and then that's it because it's stressful like I just think if I if I'm with the kids and I'm engaging with them and I suddenly think I need to do this work email so I'm doing that and then they kick off and I feel cross with them yes yeah yeah Yeah, it's not their fault they don't know that I'm now in work zone and I'm not in kids zone so just the same with I'm reading in kids zone and something happens with work and I'm like it's not even a work day and then I'm cross with work yeah. But actually, we just, if we can compartmentalize things, then it's less confusing for everyone. It's less confusing for our brains. It's less confusing for our kids and our colleagues when we're switching in and out and then we're resenting the other. Yeah. I do, I do think it's okay for us to say to our kids, though, you cannot oh, yeah. take everything that you want from me all the time. You cannot have everything that you need from us all the time. Now yeah. you have to sit there and if you're going to cry, that's fine. You're going to cry, but I have to do this because I, I would be like, I would just open the floodgates and they would just be peeling pieces of me inside and outside out because I love them so much. And But Doz is very good at being like, this isn't about love. He's like, you just need to set those bloody boundaries and get on with it. So I think that's that's a podcast for another time. Come that back on and get, come back on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anna, thank you. Thank what a journey. You. Thanks for having me. Did you take all those notes down, George? Of course. Oh, we've recorded it anyway, so we, we can just <laughs> listen back to listen back. I feel refreshed, actually. Oh, that was yeah. wonderful. Ready to go. Should we go to our cheers lesson? Anna, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We love you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to pay for therapy. <laughs> I still feel like I need to pay for my therapy. <laughs> I'm crying all the bloody time. Anna Matha, what a legend. Oh my gosh, she's so brilliant. I know, Isn't I know she? she really is. Yeah, I remember the last time, like so many of the things that she said stayed with me for ages and it's exactly the same again. I feel like everyone needs Anna in their lives just to, it almost makes you, firstly make you feel normal. Yes. So like anything that you think you're experienced alone, you're not mm. because she always talks about all of those things and then secondly just to like help you decongest like deconstruct and decongest is that a word but you know what I mean like to to decompress 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 that's the word (laughs) so get your head out of like all the the fog that's going on and just be able to kind of see things as they are Mm. um yeah very very also I feel 
because sometimes I'm not brave enough to say what I'm really thinking um, when all the crazy thoughts come in, you know, all the like mm. big stuff. Like we were talking about, you know, standing by the window or like stepping out on a road holding your baby's, you know, your, your toddler's hand. And then you're like, oh God, the craziest thought just went through my head. And sometimes it's quite overwhelming to share those because you're like, is there something wrong with me or is this just normal? And yeah. What, what's that? What's that called? Those Is it aggressive thought? What are they called? Um, Impot... No, it's not imposter thoughts. It's intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive yeah, thoughts. I find those really yeah. interesting. So, I, well, I love going to her page and just, you know, reading that she's going through it, that someone else is going through it, and then you read the hundreds of comments underneath. You're like, oh, great, we're all in the same, we're all in the same place. Yeah, yeah, she's, exactly. She's magic. It definitely makes you feel reassured for sure, doesn't it? We need to talk about um, Anna's amazing new platform. It's called the Mother Mind Way, and it's basically. Um, I guess like therapeutic resources to support mum's mental well-being and obviously as you know Anna does it in the best way possible she is just the perfect person to launch this platform so definitely if you need a bit of extra help check it out yeah it's an absolutely incredible resource and you can find that on the website which is themothermindway.com or on Instagram um, right well let's get on to our products because yeah. we're doing very well with our products and we're remembering to do them every single week I know week. we are and we're in them on our Instagram so we are if, you, if there's anything you like the sound of then just wait um till this afternoon and we will have them up they'll all be there so i'm going to kick us off this week and i'm going to talk about a luxury parker brand called charlotte b uh charlotte also does fine jewelry as well um now obviously with christmas coming and colder season this is a real kind of investment piece and the great thing about these parkers is that you can choose the color of the coat and then the color of the like the faux fur so i've got I love that. oh my god so gorgeous i have got like a khaki color and then i've got a black faux fur but you can have like this amazing electric blue fur um and then you could have a black parker or yeah just like you can kind of mix up your choices they are kind of on the more expensive side but as I said you know if you want your husband to buy you something or your partner to buy you something lovely this Christmas or you want to save up and get it yourself invest because the quality is incredible yeah for sure and this is actually another gift I've been putting together a baby shower present for one of my friends um, who's having her first baby and I was looking you know like when you think you want to think of like actual practical things that they're going to use but still look beautiful and one of the things that I found is a nap Caddy, which I'm sure when I had Gigi, I used to go on about all the time. It's like a little um, felt sort of box with different yeah. compartments, but a handle, and you can take it around the house, put the nappies in it. But the White Company do one. Um, it's £25, and you can, and obviously, it comes in a beautiful White Company box with lovely tissue. And then I'm basically filling it with little things like I'm going to put a cook voucher in there, and then a little outfit for the baby, and you know, that kind of stuff. Lovely. But I just think it makes such a nice gift. Yeah. Um, I mean, the ones off Amazon are great, but the White Company one is like, you know, a little bit luxurious. Yeah, and I do remember at the beginning with Luna, I was basically just carrying around the Tupperware with like five nappies, <laughs> some wipes and some na- nappy cream. And I was like, this isn't glamorous. Where's my nappy no, caddy? You need your nappy caddy. Um, I'm going to talk about a makeup brand that I'm loving at the moment. Um, they're called Lord and Berry. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. I've been using their um, their bronzer and it is incredible. Lovely kind of like glowy holiday sun kissy without getting cakey. They also do really great lip glosses um, and they've got loads of products in the range. I actually hadn't heard um, about them 
until about six months ago. My makeup artist, Lindsay, uses them and she uh, she sent me over the bronzer and yeah, I'm loving it. Amazing. I was going to say, I, I haven't heard of them before, but I definitely will check them out. Um, so earlier in the week, or it might have been Sunday, I actually posted that my skin has been really breaking out. And every time my skin starts breaking out, I always look at the products that I've been using and then like go back to products that have worked for me in the past. So when, you know, years ago, my skin, I used to have lots of like under the surface spots and one product that really helped me was from Kiehl's and it's um, a toner I think it's called a Candula extract extract toner it's basically got chamomile in it so it really soothes your skin it's not harsh Mm. yeah there's no like real real harsh acids in there and I always strip it back anyway I've been using it this week um, and I've really noticed the difference and I just think if you've got any kind of like irritation in your skin when you're using really harsh acids it can make it worse so sometimes if you're having a breakout stripping everything back and going to something a little bit more gentle like this toner with chamomile in can really work yeah um, we love kills so anyway yeah, as a brand I've been, that. I've been using their mm. their cleansing oil which is really great if you pop it on at night to take your makeup off and then you can use a hot cloth georgia got me into hot oil nice. cleansing so this one's a really really good one yeah and just to finish off you know everyone well everyone knows I love a little bit of a gadget um, I spotted that Tommy Tippy have just launched a product called the Dream Maker yes yes <laughs> anything <laughs> it's going to make your baby sleep <laughs> um, well no I can't guarantee that but I've been reading about it and it basically mimics the natural sounds that are in the womb so that it's not that, that white noise effect but there's also a light on it that's calming and I, I don't know sort of I guess creates creates like a womb like feeling in their cot um so yeah i've read really good reviews about it if you have got a small baby it might be worth just checking out if you've used it let us know and let us know what you think because we are obviously we're not in the newborn phase but we still love looking at all of those products that are getting good reviews online so let us know um yeah, yeah let us know if it's any good yes please do right that's the end of today's podcast but as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and follow the podcast and if you do have time to leave us a review uh, we do ask every week that would be amazing thank you yes and we do read them when we need a confidence boost (laughs) we go through and we love 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 all of them so thank you so much for anyone that has already left a review um we also love seeing your photos where you're listening how you're listening so please tag us on at made by mamas when you when you're listening to this episode and we'll be back on tuesday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.